0: Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from Easy Cater. Committed to helping companies from nonprofits to the Fortune 500 find food for meetings and company events. With online ordering and 24-7 live support, learn more at easycater.com.
1: Maddie Safai here with a quick note ahead of today's show. We are trying to learn a little bit more about you and how podcasts fit into your life. If you can help us out, there's a short, anonymous survey online that takes about 10 minutes. It's at npr.org slash podcast survey, all one word. We'd love to have your input. It really helps. npr.org slash podcast survey. Oh, and if you're new to the show, don't forget to subscribe. That way you get new episodes dropped in your feed every weekday. Okay, here we go. You're listening to Shortwave from NPR. Today, we've got one of our favorite guests. Well, 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 Dr. Bugs. (laughs) Back on shortwave. So quickly, too. That's Sammy Ramsey, (laughs) aka Doctor Bugs. He's an entomologist that you might remember from an episode we aired about honeybees. I know it. I appreciate it you make in time for us little people now that you're famous
2: oh well uh, the title murder hornets uh it just has a tendency to get everybody interested a massacre in the honeycombs there were dead bees all over the front of the hive all over the bottom board. dubbed the murder hornet for its powerful sting and the way it decapitates its prey they all had been chopped to bits they were decapitated and all it takes is a couple dozen to show up and start lopping off heads
1: Sammy's been pretty busy since these murder hornets started getting the spotlight this week. Sammy, how many murder hornet interviews have you done?
2: Oh my goodness. This will be the fourth murder hornet interview that I've done uh, in the past four days.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so if you haven't seen the news, basically a species of hornet has shown up in the States and people are pretty worried about them. Sammy has dealt with these critters firsthand, doing bee research in Thailand.
2: These hornets just kept showing up and carrying off my bees. And then I would come back the next day and there would just be nothing left but a bunch of headless bees inside of my colony. Very disturbing.
1: That's when Sammy took matters into his own hands.
2: I put on my bee suit. Um, and just started whacking hornets out of the air. And I think I got a little bit too cocky. And one of them showed up and had like a sister with her. And so I, I knocked her out of the air and the other one just grabbed onto my leg the look in its eyes while it was coming after me it started chewing into my bee suit and just whacking its its stinger uh into the side of of my bee suit and thankfully i was wearing a bee suit that was really puffy and really large and so its stinger while it got through the suit couldn't quite get to my leg so i hit it with my my hive tool stepped on it but uh it it took a little bit for me to actually be able to take a breath again
1: well, I'm glad you made it out, Sammy. Well, I wouldn't have died.
2: So it's something that people do need to yeah. <laughs> know is even though they have the name Murder Hornet, uh, you're not likely to, uh, to suffer uh, fatal effects from a single sting from a hornet.
1: So today on the show, we talk murder hornets. Just how worried do we actually need to be about this newest honeybee threat?
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Comcast Business. Is it possible to get business internet you can really rely on? It is with Comcast Business. Keeping businesses of all kinds up and running with a network powered by 99.9% reliability. Plus, advanced security to help outsmart threats to your data. And 24-7 customer support to help anytime. With Comcast Business, reliable business internet isn't just possible, it's happening. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary. This message comes from NPR sponsor RSM. Change waits for no one. But when it happens, and it always does, be prepared to take charge with RSM's proven advisors who make it their business to fully understand yours. RSM brings human insights powered by technology so you can leverage the knowledge of future-focused minds who look beyond the ordinary. RSM Experience the power of being understood. Take charge now at rsmus.com slash spotify.
1: So Sammy, we brought you back because people have been going wild over what's being called a murder hornet. What what <sighs> hornet are we talking about, Sammy? What's going on <laughs> with that name?
2: So we're talking about Vespa mandarinia, and typically it's called the Asian giant hornet. It's the largest hornet species, uh, and it's a species of hornet that was actually found in North America last year. So it's mm. been months. But when we were sounding the alarm about this months ago, uh, we we didn't quite have the right marketing going. Um, <laughs> we were calling it the we were calling it Vespa mandarinia. Um, uh-huh. Some people call it the the sparrow bee, um, which is just not, not, not the best kind of name to go with. When you really want to get headlines, you go with Murder Hornet. Someone <laughs> attached the name Murder Hornet to it, and it's all that we've heard since.
1: So they're in the news because last, late last year was the first time that they'd been observed in the U.S., is that right?
2: Precisely. Uh, it's the first time that they've been observed in the U.S. because this is an invasive species. They're very commonly found in uh, a number of areas throughout uh, East Asia, Southeast Asia, um, and... In that range, they can be very, very, very problematic and they're a well-known insect. But when mm-hmm. they arrived in North America, uh, we were very surprised, of course, to see them. And right. we're still doing a, a good bit of detective work to determine how they even got here.
1: Sure, but we're but they're in the news this week, basically, you're telling me because somebody called them a murder hornet?
2: Yep. That's, All right, I mean, that, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> that is precisely it.
1: So, Sammy, what do Asian giant hornets look like?
2: So the Asian giant hornet is... Uh, It it, it kind of seems like someone just stitched together a bunch of nightmares and uh, just (laughs) ran with it, because when you look at it straight on, you see this face with these bulbous uh, sort of teardrop-shaped eyes that kind of curve around in a way that looks sinister. Their Mm -hmm. jaws are really what's very frightening. On this triangle-shaped head, they've got these very sharp, serrated jaws um, and those are very functional and rather frightening. They can tear through a, a number of different materials. The back end of them is just as frightening. So they have the stinger that is about a quarter of an inch long and can pierce through bee suits, jeans, clothing of, of pretty much any sort. So they're, yeah. they're a bundle of nightmares.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they're like two inches long, right? So yeah. that's, like, that's like a good part of my pinky finger.
2: Yeah, it's I mean, we've been saying that it's um, a hornet about the size of a normal person's thumb.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, so (laughs) so the big reason that people are freaking out about them being here is that, you know, back where they're from originally, they can pretty much destroy honeybee colonies. Right.
2: Yeah, it's it's awful. Um, So in their native range, uh, when they find honeybee colonies, uh, a good maybe 20 hornets. Can destroy a colony of 40,000 bees in just a matter of hours. Wow. So they are very frightening and very concerning, but they're actually not as concerning in their native range as you -hmm. would think, because the bees that have kind of grown up around them uh, have evolutionary abilities that allow them to combat these organisms really, really well.
1: Sammy, I have heard about how bees fight these hornets, and it's wild.
2: <laughs> I'm not surprised that you've heard about it, because it is a pretty sensational thing to see.
1: Yes. Gotcha. Okay, okay, so basically, you've got hornets, like one of these big murder hornets show up, And they kind of like they make the initial moves and then they go back and recruit more murder hornets. So the bees are trying to deal with that first hornet. Is that right?
2: You have to deal with that first hornet. A whole squadron of hornets will totally outgun even the largest bee colonies. Uh, Those things are like flying armored tanks. And so what they have to do is deal with that first scout and they can fix the whole problem. So when they're hanging out in front of the colony, they'll sort of coax the, the hornet inside, kind of <sighs> giving them those come-hither eyes. Sure, sure. When the hornet comes inside, there's a, a whole squadron of bees hanging out just above it that drop onto the hornet's body, <gasps> cover it in bees, and they all start vibrating their flight muscles, and they actually create so much heat in this process that they cook the hornet, uh, and the carbon dioxide that's produced in the process also ex- uh, totally can suffocate the hornet as well, and so it's a pretty remarkable ability that they create in a convection oven in nature to kill their enemies.
1: Uh, I mean, murder bees. It <laughs> yes. sounds like yes.
2: Well, I mean, it, the, this is a, a, an arms race, and if the bees did not develop some way of killing these hornets, they would definitely be extinct by now.
1: Okay, so is that why we're concerned? Because we're not sure that like our our North America bees, like our U.S. honeybees have the ability to fight them is that uh, is that precisely
2: we're oh. actually well aware that our bees do not have this ability okay and okay. i mean it's just what our bees need right now right in the, yeah. the pantheon of other issues that they're already dealing with now they have a murder hornet along with varroa mites that are sucking out their liver and uh, all these different viruses and nutrition issues it's a lot
1: Right. Because, Sammy, last time you were on the show, you were talking about how, you know, our honeybees are at risk from the three P's, which are poor nutrition, parasites and pesticides. Perfect. That's the fourth P is perfect because you nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) So now they have to deal with this, too, potentially.
2: Yeah. And I mean, our bees, there's only so much like over time that you Mm -hmm. can deal with in terms of stress without it reducing uh, productivity in the colony. Even the colonies that survive when they're spending so much of their energy, it's just, yeah, it's a rough deal.
1: So, Sammy, I know that some researchers are saying that this is kind of like getting blown out of proportion. Yes. You know, like including the name murder hornet. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you feel about that?
2: So here's how I feel about that. I am glad that people are paying the level of attention to it that they are paying, because right now, this could be something that is blown out of proportion, and I so hope that it is. But unfortunately. In the, the spectrum of different invasive species, we don't have a wonderful track record at actually keeping invasives from becoming established. Oftentimes, uh, when they arrive, we have a very difficult time eradicating them. Um, oftentimes, we wait a while uh, in, in determining what it is that, that we can do about them because they're new to us.
1: So the hope is that we kind of act now to, to prevent you know, us losing a lot of honeybees. What can we, I mean, what can we do about this, Sammy?
2: If we act now, and by act now, I mean we need to track these hornet colonies. So there have been a few of them that have been found, but the colonies die um, at the end of the fall. And the queens, who have already mated, they burrow underground and they just hang out there all winter long. But it's Mm -hmm. around April and May where they start coming out. They start feeding on sap, and they start looking for a new place to build a colony. And those are the ones that we have to track. And if we can kill all the queens that have actually started nesting underground, um, we can effectively keep them from becoming established in the U.S.,
1: Got it. We got to murder the murder hornets.
2: Unfortunately, we have to murder the murder hornets. And I, being Dr. Bugs, am not one to pretty much ever tell people that that's what we (laughs) need to do. But unfortunately, uh, just because of how concerning these creatures can be for bee health, we need to make sure, if we can, that we don't allow them to establish.
1: Well, Sammy Ramsey, Dr. Bugs, I mean, I'm I'm sad about the hornets, but I'm glad to hear you talk. I'll say that.
2: It is always a pleasure to speak with you. Always. And I am impressed. So you remembered the three P's?
1: I mean, yes.
2: Sir. You were listening to a brother. <laughs> I appreciate
1: that. <laughs> Sammy Ramsey is an entomologist and research fellow with the United States Department of Agriculture. This episode was produced by Britt Hansen and Emily Vaughn, who also checked the facts. Viet Lay was the editor. I'm Maddie Safaya. Thanks for listening to Shortwave from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor ShipBob. ShipBob's warehouse management system can improve your efficiency, allow you to grow faster, and save you money all through one WMS platform. Get a free quote at shipbob.com.